0: All my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. And that song just aptly captures two of the fruit of the spirit we're going to share with you this afternoon, what Moni shared earlier on. I'm now going to share with you the fruit of faithfulness. There's a ritual in my house, which, for those of you familiar with the school run, you know, we, um, in my house we have The work run, you move from school run to work run because they don't leave home. So when they start working, leave uni or whatever, come back home, then you move from school run to work run. Work run is like this in Milton Keynes. You are saving them money by dropping them off at work. And so um, in my house, you know, you have this thing where we live in the same house, same location, but in different time zones. In the morning, you've got to be ready for work at say nine o'clock. And I'm screaming and shouting for everyone to get ready. And you know, the challenge really is trying to get people to understand that when you're starting work at nine, leaving home at eight 30 is a good thing. So the challenge for me is always shouting and you think that's a Christian home and you hear my voice resonating down the street. And then there's a mad dash because we're going in two different directions. One going city center, the other one going Westcroft. And I'm literally racing in two different directions, trying to, you know, beat the traffic lights, try and get just there on time and drop the other one to be there on time. Because it looks good for them with their employers if they turn up to work on time. And every time I swear, I said, look, I'm not going to do this again. Next time you will take a cab. You will spend the £10, whatever it is, and get a cab. But each time, I... And I go back, and I do the same thing. And the following morning, we go through the same ritual again, where I'm screaming, I'm shouting, and they take their time. They're in front of the mirror doing their hair. My son's looking at his waves, and so on. And then, because they know, they expect that I'll still do the same thing. I will still take them to work, because I'm a dad, and I'm faithful. And that's the expectation we have when we talk about faithfulness, that there's a pattern of doing things that we will continue to do. There's an expectation that we will keep on doing what we've always done. And the Bible is very clear that Christ said, if we who are wicked, now I know we're good, hang on, but this is what the Bible says. We who are wicked, meaning the flesh, know how to give good things to our children. How much more would our heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to us? if we ask. And that's the faithfulness of God in that he will give us, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, but the Holy Spirit is not just there as a bystander. He's there to cultivate something in us. And if faithfulness was not one of the fruit that God himself possesses in his nature, then he would not ask the Holy Spirit to cultivate it in us. I like to just go to a quote by a 19th century preacher, Named Charles Spurgeon. And Charles Spurgeon says, talking about faithfulness, he says, His name is faithfulness, and I know it, for he has never forsaken me, though my troubles have multiplied upon me. His name is faithfulness. That embodies who God is. I think Paul put it this way to Timothy, 2 Timothy. He said to Timothy, He said, Look, you know, um, he, even when we are faithless, he abides faithful. So we gather from, from, from all this that faithfulness stems from God's nature. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.24 tells us that faithful is he who has called you who will do it. Do what? Finalize what he's begun. Perfect what he's begun in your life. Faithfulness is produced by the Holy Spirit. We know this because in John 16, 14, verse 14, Christ says that the Holy Spirit will receive from me and what he received from me, he will give to you. We also have, again, the understanding that faithfulness is cultivated. We know it's cultivated because it's the fruit of the Spirit and the, Spirit is called, the fruit is cultivated. Therefore, we look at Luke 16, 10, again, Christ saying again, faithful, he was faithful in little, Will be faithful in? Come on, church. He is faithful in, Little be faithful in? Right, okay. Faithfulness produces Christ-likeness. So um, that's the whole essence of what the Holy Spirit is there to do. Cultivate in us Christ-likeness. And Christ-likeness is effectively capturing the essence of God, the nature of God, the whole being of God. Colossians 1.15 tells us that Christ, that's the son, is the image of the invisible God. So when you see Christ, you've seen God. So all the attributes that we're going to talk about this morning, or this afternoon rather, morning still, (coughs) are about God. But faithfulness has demands. And what are those demands of faithfulness? Faithfulness is a one-way street. Which means that, as as Christ put it, he says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You can't start and then quit along the way. It's all in. Faithfulness will often take you beyond the point you want to go. And we see this exemplified in the life of Christ himself. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will will but yours be done, Luke 22:42. 42. Again, we get Paul speaking about Christ and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It will take you beyond the point you want to go. Faithfulness will sometimes make you do what you don't want to do. Matthew 4, verse 1, again, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, who wants to go into a wilderness to be tempted by the devil? Right. And so, and the last one, which we, you will not find a slide on the screen for this one. Faithfulness will often make you say what hurts those you love. Proverbs 27.6, the Amplified says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects us out of love and concern. So faithfulness will sometimes make you say some hard things. It's proactive. It's not reactive. Faithfulness says, here I am, Lord, send me. But what are those attributes of faithfulness? And I've picked out seven. There are much more, but i picked out seven. The ones I think, you know, um, are the ones that more, by virtue of a dictionary or whatever, more aptly capture what faithfulness is. So, truthful, was the first one. And I've used I've relied on the scripture, First Thessalonians five to four. Faithful is he who has called you. But also my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures, which is Numbers twenty three, nineteen, which says that God is not a man, that he will lie, neither is he the Son of Man that he will repent. If he said it, he will do it. If he's come out from his mouth, it will come to pass. That is God does not lie. Another um, attribute is trustworthy and, and in terms of trustworthiness I, I think about 2 Timothy 2.13 where Paul speaking to Timothy says if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself Is who he is he is trustworthy he is faithful he is consistent he is also committed. committed he is He's constant, he's committed, he is stable, he's enduring in and out of season. He submitted, and, and we know that you know Peter says to us, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due season he will lift you up. first Peter 5:6. He is selfless. And his selflessness is seen in that he works out everything for our good, never for his, for our good. We are the beneficiaries. Now, steadfastness is another attribute I picked out. And again, these things do overlap. Firm in belief, determination, not easily swayed, from course in purpose, resolution, and unbendable. And the scripture that came to me was Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine, and Psalm one one nine, verse ninety, which both effectively talk about God's generational faithfulness. Onto a thousand generations, to endless generations. God is faithful. That's why we need these attributes, because God is trying to work out in us attributes that will shine through us, that other people's lives will be blessed, the world around us will be blessed. And we need to do faithfulness where we are right now, whether in your job, in your family, with your friends, in your ministry, in your schools, um, hobbies, whatever it is, 24-7, you're doing faithfulness and that's what the holy spirit is working through us so what are the benefits of faithfulness there are benefits actually and you will find that when you look at proverbs 3 um, verse 3 to 4 you will find favor and good repute in the sight of god and of people a faithful man will abound with blessings proverbs 28 verse 20 we will reap a harvest if we do not faint or give up. Galatians 6 verse 9. The most high will deliver you in the day of trouble. Psalm 50 verse 14 to 50. 15, sorry. A faithful man, a faithful person rather, will be given leadership responsibilities. The more you're faithful, the more responsibilities will be given to you. Luke 12:42. You will be strengthened to serve more effectively. 1 Timothy 1.12 You will be entrusted with many things, but share in God and share in God's pleasure. Matthew 25.21 You will be entrusted with God's word to teach others. And this is one of my other favorite scriptures where Paul, speaking to Timothy, says, And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. When I was looking for a model of faithfulness in the Bible, the only person, not the only person, sorry, but the person that most quickly came to mind was Moses. And this is because God himself endorsed Moses. Moses goes, Moses, as we all know, is the person that led the children of Israel out of Egypt and captivity. And the example of Moses, when God says, Moses in Numbers 12, verse 7 to 8, he says, my servant moses is entrusted and faithful in all my house with him i speak directly and clearly and openly and not in riddles. he beholds my appearance and he says this about moses and the writer of hebrews goes on to confirm this but he gives us context and he says moses was faithful as a servant in all of god's house but he then says christ is faithful as the son over god's house he then says, "But we are God's house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory." De- Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen gives us a cl- clarity around this, because Moses told the children of Israel, "The Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you; you must listen to him." And we have Christ today, and. Just think about all the events happening in our world today and in particular for me, what's happening in northern India in the region called Manipur and about 300 churches being burned, hundreds of Christians being being killed and it's just so horrific when we think about what Christians are suffering for in the world today. But I looked at Lamentations 322 23, and I drew encouragement from that. That scripture... That scripture says, it's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The situation at that time was very dire. Jerusalem was effectively sacked. The People were taken to captivity into Babylon and there was a lot of sorrow. There was national mourning. But even in that, Jeremiah got a glimpse of God's faithfulness and gave the people hope that regardless of what's happening in your life right now, God is faithful. We must likewise embody that faithfulness, regardless of where we are, what we're going through. God still expects us to walk in that straight line. So we're now going to sing a song that flows from this. And it's a hymn that you all probably know very well. Great is thy faithfulness. It's a song, it's a hymn by um, Thomas Abadiah Chisholm, written in 1923. And it's inspired by this very verse. Can we stand, please?
1: Therefore faithfulness morning by morning you mercy I see all I have needed thy hand hath provided the great
0: Thank you.